This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, checking things out here. Last night, NBC held a forum, not a debate, but a forum. It was on who would be the better commander in chief. There were several things about this format that I liked. One, it was set up on the USS Intrepid, an aircraft carrier. I thought that was a good venue. It's uh, in New York Harbor. It's also the home of one of the space shuttles, kind of a floating museum. The entire audience was made up of military and former military personnel. And those people actually got to ask about one-third of the questions. It made for some very interesting and knowledgeable insights. I also liked that Trump and Hillary were separated so they couldn't spend the entire night bickering and insulting each other. They're going to have plenty of opportunity to do that in upcoming debates, but the lack of incivility made last night's program very interesting. Trump won the opening coin toss, elected to go second. I think that was smart. What it allowed was for the host, NBC's Matt Lauer, to dig into the issue of judgment on Hillary Clinton right off the bat. Four of his first five questions were on her judgment, or lack thereof, in the use of a private email server to handle all of the business she conducted as Secretary of State. By the fourth question, Hillary was rattled. She was starting to sound defensive, and and I don't think she ever got back on track. She sounded defensive to me the entire interview, and it got worse as the interview went along. See if you can hear the same thing. Here's the first question from a member of the audience. As a naval flight officer, I held the top secret sensitive compartmentalized information uh, clearance, and that provided me access to materials and information highly sensitive to our warfighting capabilities. Had I communicated this information not following prescribed protocols, I would have been prosecuted and imprisoned. Secretary Clinton, how can you expect those such as myself who were and are entrusted with America's most sensitive information to have any confidence in your leadership as president when you clearly corrupted our national security? Well, I appreciate your concern and also your experience, but let me try to make the distinctions that I think are important for me to answer your question. First, as I said to Matt, you know and I know classified material is designated, it is marked, there is a header so that there is no dispute at all that what is being communicated to or from someone who has that access is marked classified. And what we have here is the use of an unclassified system by hundreds of people in our government to send information that was not marked, there were no headers, there was no statement, top secret, secret, or confidential. It's a little defensive, and it's also not wholly truthful. She says that classified information is marked classified. Well, the FBI says at least seven emails she received were marked classified. No, she said, no, there's no markings on there. Yeah, there were. They had little C's on them in parentheses. But see, she claims she didn't know what the letter C on the email meant. She says she thought it was for alphabetizing purposes. That's insane. And it's most likely a bald-faced lie. 
That's the most reasonable explanation for what she said. Further, she's complaining her emails didn't have the classified headers on them. And, and she did receive thousands and thousands of emails that were indeed classified, had classified information, should have been kept secret. But see, it didn't have the headers on there. The problem is we know for a fact that on at least one occasion, she ordered her staff to remove that classified heading from a classified document and send it through unsecured channels. If she did it once, why are we to assume that she never did it again? Is it possible the reason she didn't have the classified headers on what was clearly classified information was because she told her staff not to put it on there? Finally, she's using the defense that everybody else was using this system, system, okay, system, and so that, that makes it okay. This is a very sneaky argument, and it's a new one. She refers to this as an unclassified system. It wasn't a system. It was her own email server set up in her home. It's not like the State Department itself came up with this. Hey, guys, we got a new system. No. It was just she wanted to hide information at her house, so she did. She's essentially blaming everyone who worked for her for sending her emails to the unsecured email address she set up. Leaders don't blame their staff for their own mistakes, and that's exactly what Hillary Clinton is trying to do now that her wall of lies has crumbled to its foundations. That's inappropriate behavior for someone who wants to be our commander-in-chief. Harry Truman said the buck stops here. Hillary is saying she wasn't in the wrong because her employees at the State Department did what she told them to do. Again, as time continued, she seemed more and more defensive to me. Do you hear the same thing? Let me know. Here's part of her answer on why she voted to go to war in Iraq when she was in the Senate. I'm asked, asking to be judged on the totality of my record. What I've done for our veterans as First Lady, as Senator, what I've done for Gold Star families, working with them to increase the death benefit from $12,000 to $100,000, working with Republicans like Lindsey Graham to get TRICARE for our National Guard members who didn't have health care. And here's a little further on in the same answer. I have taken responsibility for my decision. Let me go to another he veteran. He refuses to take responsibility for his support. Let me go to another that, question. That is a judgment issue. Hallie. The next question from Laura was on the Iranian nuke deal. When you look at her face in the video, she's visibly upset. She's annoyed. And I think that comes through in her voice. Take a listen. Our decision was to try to put together an international coalition that included Russia and China to exert the kind of pressure through sanctions that the United States alone could not do. Right, but you so said we, now, wait, you let me think you're going to cheat. Look, this is an important issue. I know we're in t on TV. We don't have a lot of time. I want to get will, to a lot of questions. I will talk quickly. But I want people to understand this. So she was challenged on her emails, on her vote to go to Iraq, on Libya, and on Iran. All of these areas show that she made bad decisions. And she wasn't enjoying the attention. 
I think she expected some of this. I also think she expected she would be able to move on. And when she wasn't able to move on, I think she started to get flustered, annoyed, and defensive. Next came the best question of the night from former Army Captain Ernie Young. Secretary Clinton, as an Army veteran, the Commander-in-Chief's ability to empathize with service members and their families is important to me. The ability to truly understand implications and consequences of your decisions, actions, or inactions. How will you determine when and where to deploy troops directly into harm's way, especially to combat ISIS? Her answer was that we have to defeat ISIS and we have to do it without putting any ground troops into the fight. Well, now that wasn't the question. She's very good at answering questions no one asked. The question that was asked was, how will you determine when and where to deploy troops? I wish someone had asked Donald Trump this same question. It's critically important. Hillary didn't answer that question, and I don't know if Trump would have answered it correctly. Here is the correct answer, and yes, there is a correct answer. This is it. The role of the American military is to protect and defend the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. American troops should only be deployed when and where it is necessary to protect the people of this nation. War is obviously a last resort. But ISIS and Al-Qaeda brought this war to us. We must now do whatever is necessary to win it so they will not be able to strike us here at home. This means you fight a war with sound military strategies and tactics and not opinion polls. That's how I will make those decisions, and that's how we will avoid the mistakes of the past. Now, I don't know if either one of these people, who will become our next commander-in-chief, understands that. I do believe Trump will do a better job of listening to the military professionals than Hillary will, but I wish someone had asked him this same question so we could have found out. By the way, Hillary's defensiveness was on display in this answer as well with her body language. She was actually aggressively pointing at the captain who asked the question as if she was mad at him for asking it in the first place. It was surreal. Now to Trump. I thought he had a pretty good night. He seemed more relaxed than Hillary. He wasn't defensive. If anything, he was on offense. But that doesn't mean it was a perfect night. He was still wandering off topic at times, and he has a habit of doing that. I also think his lack of a political ideological foundation showed up. He has a practical business foundation. He does not have an operating political theory. And, and by the way, I don't think Hillary does either. I think her foundation is based purely on personal ambition, not on a well-thought-out ideology of how government should actually function. Reagan had that ideology, and he was a successful president because of it. I don't think we've had a president as well-versed in political theory since, and I think that shows in their performances. So Trump's lack of an understanding of the constitutional role of the military and the geopolitical implications of our actions led him to this answer. I've always said, shouldn't be there, but if we're going to get out, take the oil. If we would have taken the oil, you wouldn't have ISIS because ISIS formed with the power and the wealth of that oil. How are we going to take the oil? How are we going to do that? Just you would leave a certain group behind and you would take various sections where they have the oil. They have... Uh, people don't know this about Iraq, but they have among the largest oil reserves in the world, in the entire world. 
And we're the only ones. We go in, we spend $3 trillion, we lose thousands and thousands of lives. And then, Matt, what happens is we get nothing. You know, it used to be to the victor belong the spoils. No, 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 no. No, that is wrong. We cannot run our military on the premise that might makes right or to the victor goes the spoils. That's an inappropriate use of our military. As I stated earlier, the only appropriate use of our military is to protect and defend the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. It is not to go claim the treasure of other nations. We could use our military to help Iraqis secure and defend their own oil so that it wouldn't have fallen into the hands of ISIS. That would have protected American people. That's what President Barack Obama should have done instead of his politically motivated pullout of Iraq, which then allowed ISIS to get that oil. But we have no rights to claim the oil, and we shouldn't ever try and claim that we do have rights to that oil. If we want it, we should buy it like civilized capitalists. Now, my hope is that Trump's background in business management means he's aware of how much help he's going to need from other people. People who have expertise, he does not. And that he will do a better job than Hillary and Obama have done in listening to that advice. Fortunately, there was a moment last night that reinforced this view of how Trump will operate. Did you learn anything in that briefing, again, not going into specifics, that makes you reconsider some of the things you say you can accomplish, like defeating ISIS quickly? No, I didn't learn anything from that standpoint. What I did learn is that our leadership, Barack Obama, did not follow what our experts and our truly, when they call it intelligence, it's there for a reason, what our experts said to do. Howard. And I was very, very surprised in almost every instance. And I could tell, I have pretty good with the body language, I could tell they were not happy. Our leaders did not follow what they were recommending. So what did we learn? Well, one, there are at least a few people in big media who understand why Hillary's email scandal is a threat to the future of our nation. We've also learned there are many more people in big media who are willing to throw one of their own under the bus to protect the queen in waiting. Just read the New York Times today and you'll see that's true. We've also learned that Hillary can be rattled. I don't think Trump can, and that's going to be a problem for her in the debates. Nixon lost his debate against Kennedy, not because of what he said, but because of how he looked. Hillary looked defensive and at moments almost angry. Trump looked comfortable. And finally, we learned they both need to do a better job of understanding the proper role and use of our nation's military. It is to protect and defend the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. Any other use is not in the best interest of our nation and is dangerous to the future well-being of our democracy. Our next commander-in-chief should already know that. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying over me.